Sarah Liz here. This is a podcast on spirituality, mindfulness, and faith. Hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, happy Tuesday, my friends. I hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend. And what a great way to just remember the soldiers who fought for our lives and our country. And I'm so grateful to all those men and women who fought for our freedom, really. In, I'm not a very political person, so I don't want to get into what's happening in our world right now because I feel like it brings in all this politics. And you know what? Whatever your perspective, I respect. And I do respect and I'm, I am so grateful for the men and women that died serving our country. Um, it's, it's a huge sacrifice and that's what they were called to do. And that's what they did. So if you are in a family of someone that has lost that loved one, you know, hats off to you too. Okay. So today we're going to talk about the Niyamas. This is part two of the three-part series that I started on Friday. So yeah, Deborah Adele writes this book, The Yamas and the Niyamas, and I really learned a lot from it and got to take away a lot. And probably by my fifth read-through, I started to take away even more. And, you know, today I really just want to focus on the basics of it. Okay, so the yamas, which we are already went over, are to avoid violence, avoid lying, avoid stealing, avoid wasted energy, and possessiveness. Okay, the niyamas, now, they are five individual groupings. And number one is cleanliness and purity. Number two is contentment acceptance, optimism. Number three is discipline and persistence. Number four is self-study and the study of sacred scripture. Number five is devotion and surrender to God. The last three come really easy to me. It is in my bones. I am disciplined to get things done, disciplined to my work, disciplined to my studies, disciplined in doing this, in my writing, and I am persistent when I really want something. I chase it typically full force, and sometimes I'm not always mindful of others around me and how it is affecting them. Overall, though, discipline and persistence come so easy for me. I really enjoy doing the work. The work is good and it always pays off. I love learning. So I just keep learning and I can't wait to learn more. So if you got some knowledge, throw it at me. I can't wait. Send me those links. All that fun stuff. I can't wait. So that leads into self-study and the study of sacred scripture. All of this is very important to me. From studying the Bible to A Course in Miracles, it is as if it was made exactly for me. 
I love learning more about other religions and attempting to grasp why they believe what they do. See, Christianity is in me, for it is really what I was born into, and it feels right. And I also know that God allowed the Tower of Babel to happen for other religions to form. Did you know that there are 4,300 religions around the world? Take a second, sit back, and take that in. It is very unlikely that many people in the world believe in the lack of a higher power. A simple Google search told me that 500 to 750 million people don't believe in anything. And 200 million, give or take, are actually self-identified atheists. So they don't believe that there is a God. They don't believe that there is a higher power, that there's nobody else at play orchestrating this universe. And you know what? That's fine. That was all according to a sociologist, Phil Zuckerman. Those are broad estimates of his and his theory. He also says that China and Russia are major contributors to those figures. Okay. So in 2018, estimated population was 7.584 billion people. Whoa. With only 200 million of those that were claiming that there is no existence of a higher power. Really mind-blowing. It's really not a lot. And are you one of them? If you are, I'd love to hear about your perspective. I had a friend in high school who had this very viewpoint. And honestly, eventually she came around that something had to be in existence. Fast forward about 20 years, and that's how long it took her to come around. Like, okay, something is greater than me. And something is greater than the people around me. So I know you don't see or feel a higher power in existence. And I think there is a reason why you might be listening now. The top five religions around the world, again, simple Google search. Um, I'm going to link you guys to some of these findings in my manuscript body copy on CastBox. So if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, those platforms don't let me share my manuscript. However, CastBox does. So it's really nice. So if you want to find these links, go on over to CastBox and and you'll find those links. Okay. The top five religions around the world are all according to Wikipedia. Okay. Number one, Christianity. Number two, Islam. Number three, irreligious affiliation. Number four, Hinduism. Number five, Buddhism. Now, I have also in my body copy, like, what do Christians believe? What do Muslims believe? Which is Islam. What is the irreligious affiliation? And what is Buddhism? And I want you to go and seek that if you know nothing about any of these others. Okay? If you come from one of these backgrounds, one of these more popular top five, if you will, then you know what you believe. But do you know what the other top five believe? And it's just one of those things for me as a human that I'm very curious about. Um, 
And so I do the research and I enjoy learning. So as you may gather, there's a lot of spiritual options in this world. And I continue to rest in the fact that there is a higher power at play. And for me, that is God, the Holy Spirit. And we each, if we listen, can hear the Spirit. Take the time, read, discover, and understand the different beliefs and faiths around the world. There are so many. I encourage you to study, to seek it out, to be curious about what other people believe. And and then you'll form your own opinion and you'll have your own perspective because you did the work on seeking out the information. Now, the fifth niyama is devotion and surrender to God. Surrender to God. Surrender to the surrender to the divine. I know fully that I am not in control. There are times in my life where I've tried to be or I like I think that I'm in control of my life or you know all, and then I realized that that's not the right word. See, we are given the power of choice, but the universe is at play. A higher power is at play. And within each one of us, we have this divine calling, this thing that we are supposed to do. And it has taken me a long time to realize what I am supposed to do. And you know what? It's been within me all along. I just let the world and everything in it affect my perspective. So surrender to God, surrender to the divine, surrender to the higher power. In this time, I know that this pandemic is a reminder to me that There is a God bigger than me. There is something more powerful than me. And if I listen, I can be fully aware and fully awake of this message. So let yourself be fully aware that you are not in control. Now. Let's talk about the first two. The first two are a little harder for me. (sighs) I smile and laugh because I don't know that I like admitting that they're harder for me. They're a practice. Let's talk about the first one, cleanliness and purity. I think only God can be pure. Like, and only the son of God can be pure. It's it's almost like ever since we, as humans, bit the apple from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that we are impure and our thoughts by nature ever since that day are not pure. We have to actively and consciously choose pure thoughts. I know I have to. I've encountered teachers in my life that claim they are the best 
And yet I have also seen their human nature come out. So I ask you, do we ultimately obtain full purity? Or is that like when we get to heaven, right? All our sins are going to be washed away then. And we can choose here to live as pure of a life as possible for us. Like me. Okay. I cuss sometimes. I enjoy a good beer and I enjoy a great glass of wine. I'm human and completely human. I allow myself to overindulge in different areas of my life. And it just depends. I just try to overall keep a good balance. And I have to say that balance is not always easy and it can be. So basically, basically, if I had to sum up my perspective of myself, I'm perfectly imperfect. And I like it this way. I'll be honest. I think life of balance is the best. I used to have the work hard, play hard mentality, and it did not last into my 30s. No way. I learned a lot about myself through my 20s and worked really hard in a hamster wheel of madness, just trying to make enough money. And I never broke 16000 a year. Never. Mm, maybe once kind of got near there and I had just graduated from art school and I got really close and then the economy crashed. <laughs> so, you know, life. And it all led me to where I am today. So my point is, while I have once been very impure, my spiritual walk with God was always intense. It was always with intention and it was always with this seeker attitude and it still is. I want to know more. I want to understand where everybody else comes from and I want to seek the best application for my life. In my 30s, I feel like I have found balance. A relationship with God the Father, in tune with the Holy Spirit, and very meditative. I'm listening now more than I ever have before. I am in tune now. I know what I am supposed to do and who I am supposed to be now. And all that really matters is now, the right now. I'm really happy. So while I may not be the most pure, I am the most authentic version of myself. It is important for me to keep a clean house and pure thoughts, without a doubt. And in that, I believe that I am of sound of mind and body. And I am also realistic. I am human. So the last one is contentment, acceptance, and optimism. This one is definitely a practice for me. The immediate thoughts on this one are my body. I don't always accept it for what it is. I know I can do better. So I work hard and I try to do better. 
and I try to adjust and I try to lift heavier or lift lighter or run faster or run longer, or I'm just constantly trying to seek out the best version of myself for those times. Like I'm, I cross train all the time and I go back and forth between, you know, lifting heavier, lifting light, running faster, running distance. And, and I really think that that's important to me. So my point is I'm content with that, but am I accepting of my body? Because the root of that, I'm always trying to have a better body, a better cardiovascular system, a better physique, whatever it is, you know, like I'm always striving to be better. So am I really, truly content? And my answer is no. And I think that that's why this is a practice for me. I may be content where I am in the moment, but then there's always this little moment where I lose my content and I, and I switch. I go to a different mode. I go to running distance versus running shorter and faster. Do you hear my point? It's a practice. The, the practice of contentment and acceptance of myself is a practice. Now, when it comes to optimism, I'm mostly optimistic. Sometimes I'm really pessimistic. And over the years, I've worked really hard to stay optimistic. And it is not always easy. Also, again, it's a practice for me. I see the good and I also see the bad. It's like I know that I was given the ability to see both sides. There is always bad, there is always good, and there is always light. And I just, I've had this moment that comes and goes, and I wish that everybody was just good. I wish that there wasn't evil in the world, and then that means that Eve would have never bit the apple, right? <laughs> and, and the serpent would have never tempted Eve to bite the apple and tempted Adam to bite the apple as well, right? Evil has always existed. And you just have to continually practice. I have to continually practice to see the good, to see the light. And there is always light in every situation, always light. That's my point. There's always good. There's always light. So in conclusion, the yamas are simple golden rules to me. And the niyamas really dig deep into our personal life perspective. The niyamas are sometimes referred to as the do's and the yamas are as the don'ts. The niyamas are truly how we see and treat ourselves. If I choose to have this self-study, optimism, purity, discipline, and devotion, then I feel my outlook on my personal life is overall amazing. And I am always growing and I am always learning. To me, being devoted to God is essential. Even if you don't believe, recognizing that a higher power is at play in the universe is simple recognition that there is something greater than yourself. And a reminder is that you are great and there is greater. So with that today, I'll close and I'll close with what I always say in these podcasts and it's namaste because 
It's literally translated as the light in me honors the light in you. And see, that's seeing the good and knowing that we are all not only in this together, right? They actually greet with namaste. And and here in the West, we close with namaste. It's still this universal, like, I respect and I honor you and I see your light. And that light from me honors the light that comes from you. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. I'll be back later in a couple of days. And actually today I'm recording with Full Heart Free Spirit and her name is Kathy. I'm really excited to have her on the show and I can't wait to share with you all the recording from that. So stay tuned for that in just a few days. Be blessed. Love life. Namaste, my friends. Signing off. Sarah Liz here. This has been an episode on Fully Awake. Namaste, my friends.